Chapter Seven of the Autobiography of a Slander by Edna Lyall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. My Seventh Stage. Yet on the dull silence breaking with a lightning flash, a word bearing endless desolation on its blighting wings, I heard. Earth can forge no keener weapon, dealing surer death and pain and the cruel echo answered through long years again. A. A. Proctor Curiously enough, I must actually have started for Russia on the same day that Sigismund Zaluski was summoned by his uncle at St. Petersburg to return on a matter of urgent business. I learned afterwards that the telegram arrived at Muddleton on the afternoon of one of those sunny September days and found Zaluski as usual at the Morleys. He was very much annoyed at being called away just then, and before he had received any reply from Gertrude's uncle as to the engagement. However, after a little ebullition of anger, he regained his usual philosophic tone, and reminding Gertrude that he need not be away from England for more than a fortnight, he took leave of her and set off in a prompt, manly fashion leaving most of his belongings at Ivy Cottage, which was his for another six weeks, and to which he hoped shortly to return. After a weary time of imprisonment in my envelope, I at length reached my destination at St. Petersburg, and was read by Dmitri Leonov. He was a very busy man, and by the same post received dozens of other letters. He merely muttered, that well-known firm, a most unlikely story, and then thrust me into a drawer with other letters which had to be answered. Very probably I escaped his memory altogether for the next few days. However, there I was, a startling accusation in black and white, and as everybody knows, St. Petersburg is not London." The Leonoff family lived on the third story of a large block of buildings in the Sergevskaya. About two o'clock in the morning, on the third day after my arrival, the whole household was roused from sleep by thundering raps on the door, and the dreaded cry of, Open to the police! The unlucky master was forced to allow himself, his wife, and his children to be made prisoners, while every corner of the house was searched and every book and paper examined. Leonoff had nothing whatever to do with the revolutionary movement, but absolute innocence does not free people from the police inquisition, and five or six years ago, when the search mania was at its height, a case is on record of a poor lady whose house was searched seven times within twenty-four hours, though there was no evidence whatever that she was connected with the Nihilists. The whole affair was, in fact, a misunderstanding as she was perfectly innocent. This search in Dmitri Leonov's house was also a misunderstanding, and in the dominions of the Tsar misunderstandings are of frequent occurrence. Leonov knew himself to be innocent, and he felt no fear, though considerable annoyance, while the search was prosecuted. He could hardly believe the evidence of his senses, when without a word of explanation he was informed that he must take leave of his wife and children, and go in the charge of the gendarmes to the house of preventive detention. 
being a sensible man he kept his temper remarked courteously that some mistake must have been made embraced his weeping wife and went off passively while the pristav carried away a bundle of letters in which i occupied the most prominent place leonoff remained a prisoner only for a few days there was not a shred of evidence against him and having suffered terrible anxiety he was finally released but mr crichton morley's letter was never restored to him it remained in the hands of the authorities and the night after leonoff's arrest the pristav the procurator and the gendarmes made their way into the dwelling of sigismund zaluski's uncle where a similar search was prosecuted sigismund was asleep and dreaming of gertrude and of his idyllic summer in england when his bedroom door was forced open and he was roughly roused by the gendarmes his first feeling was one of amazement his second one of indignation however he was obliged to get up at once and dress the policeman rigorously keeping guard over him the whole time for fear he should destroy any treasonable document how i shall make them laugh in england when i tell them of this ridiculous affair reflected sigismund as he was solemnly marched into the adjoining room where he found his uncle and cousins each guarded by a policeman he made some jesting remark but was promptly reprimanded by his jailer and in wearisome silence the household waited while the most rigorous search of the premises was made of course nothing was found but to the amazement of all sigismund was formally arrested there must be some mistake he exclaimed i have been resident in england for some time i have no connection whatever with russian politics oh we are well aware of your residence in england said the pristav you left st petersburg early in march eighteen eighty one we are well aware of that something in the man's tone made sigismund's heart stand still could he possibly be suspected of complicity in the plot to assassinate the late czar the idea would have made him laugh had he been in england in st petersburg and under these circumstances it made him tremble there is some terrible mistake he said i have never had the slightest connection with the revolutionary party the pristav shrugged his shoulders and sigismund feeling like one in a dream took leave of his relations and was escorted at once to the house of preventive detention arrived at his destination he was examined in a brief unsatisfactory way but when he angrily asked for the evidence on which he had been arrested he was merely told that information had been received charging him with being concerned in the assassination of the late emperor and of being an advanced member of the nihilist party his vehement denials were received with scornful incredulity his departure for england just after the assassination and his prolonged absence from russia of course gave color to the accusation and he was ordered off to his cell to reflect. End of my seventh stage. Recording by Rhonda Fetterman.